Welcome back to Maximum News, everybody. My name is Max Danger Derrett, your friendly neighborhood Simpsons kin, and I am joined as always by... Succidian of the Triple S League. <laughs> there you go. And I always forget that you you want me to do say that. Yeah, my bad. And guys, have you ever wanted to see a grown man cry tears of joy? Saib, Baldur's Gate 3 news. Go. Yeah, so Baldur's Gate 3 is coming to us a month earlier. Now, that, that's for PC, and I understand... The PlayStation 1 has been delayed by a month. That is, uh, sorry, not a month, a week, a week, just a week, not a month, not a month, not a month, just a week. So it has been delayed by a week. Some people are kind of upset about that. I get it. I do. I really do. I feel, uh, I feel very sorry for the people who have to wait another week, but. Uh, at least you guys won't be playing Starfield, so there's that. <laughs> right. It's not coming out on PlayStation, so you guys are going to, you know, want another great game to spend your time with, so might as well go Baldur's Gate. Yeah. So, now, I, of course, I'm, I'm being a little facetious there. I get it um, that that there's, of course, you know, some people really want to get that. But, but th- as far as this coming to PC, this is good. This also highlights, and I would like everybody remember this 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 also highlights the problem that we have with big studios doing things that people don't necessarily you know need or want and in in this case this is there are two aspects of this that we need to highlight one is the fact that the delay on playstation was because of some um coding net coding stuff that they were having issues with and the reason why this is still not out for the Xbox is because Xbox demands that if you're releasing a game on the main plat on the main platform, being the the Xbox One, that you also release it on the Xbox X or no, sorry, the Xbox X. You also release it on the Xbox SX or whatever it's called. Yeah, S. Um, yeah, yeah, S. So the S. I wish they would just stick to a naming like a, a number platform for this stuff. It's so it's so irritating to try and rem- make this like remember all this stuff anyways that's the uh that's the downside is that we're not getting these games because the platforms sony and microsoft come up with really weird demands saying oh no you can't do this you can do that we want you to do this if you don't do that then then you know we're gonna get mad at you for you know stupid pointless reasons and then you're just gonna get you're just gonna be in trouble and you're not gonna be able to play the or you're not going to be able to launch the thing and your players aren't going to be able to play the thing. And it's like, ugh, that seems to be very counterintuitive. Um, so that's kind of the downside of it. But the positive side is that it's coming a month earlier. And in uh, this time, uh, sorry, by the time you hear this, uh, there's going to be like a day or two and we're going to have the panel from hell. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be streaming that live. We're going to be taking a peek at what they've got what they're going to be talking about. They're going to be talking a lot of release news because this game is coming to us in just a few weeks. And that's very, very exciting for people who have been waiting for this A, forever, and then B, also the fact that we are finally getting our hands on this giant thing and we're not going to have to compete with all of the other games coming in uh, September. Yeah. Because there's an enormous amount of them. It's a real smart move. I wish that they had managed to get this game out like two months ago it would have been like absolutely perfect timing it would have just it would have dominated the entire discussion of the early kind of like summer and that i think would have been great but hey it's coming to us in in uh in just a few weeks so that's nothing to sneeze at it's an extra month for you to put time into that game before uh starfield comes out plus you know, for myself, I don't really have a whole lot of new games between now and when Starfield comes out to play. And uh, having Baldur's Gate come out a month earlier as well will be good because I'm going to be finishing Final Fantasy 16 pretty soon, which is awesome. It's still awesome, guys. And uh, when I'm done that, uh, it'll be around the time that uh, Baldur's Gate 3 comes out. And, uh, dude, we're totally playing that game. Just one question, though. Uh, do I need to play Baldur's Gate 1 and 2? Or like have an understanding of what happened in those games before I play three. No, you'll you'll get a lot of it. Uh, the only thing that you really need to go in to Baldur's Gate three knowing is that um, is that a certain barbarian 
with a pet squirrel, sorry, hamster from space, okay. uh, is the most awesome character ever created for any series or anything ever. Um, and that's, uh, that's, that's probably the most amazing thing that, that, that there is. Uh, so <laughs> that's it, imperative it is for me to know. <laughs> yeah, okay. it's imperative for you to know that. All and right. it is pretty. It is pretty awesome in the sense that actually, it is kind of. It, it, he's a very cool character. He is a. Um, he's an amazing uh, story, like of him, and he's he's just he's just the pinnacle of fun, and you don't always have that in games these days. Some companions are like, they're painful to work with to interact with. Like characters are just like, I don't know what it is with people writing unfriendly, unlikable characters and why this is so popular in, in the day and age right now. But it is seriously weird mm-hmm. seeing people come up with these games. And it's like, I don't have, I have zero interest in this protagonist or in this character. They're, they're rude. They're snotty. They're snobby. They think the like they think every they're sort of like you know some some not all some millennials where they think just you know the entire universe revolves around them, and it's not a fun character to interact with. It's really not. So Wait, it's, what yeah. character are you talking about? It, well, in this one, I'm specifically referring to that game that came out recently where the main protagonist was just insufferable. Oh, for spoken. Yeah, for spoken. <laughs> she, like it was just like. It's like she. It was. It was almost there a few times. Like they. They almost had good writing, but really, it just boiled down to the fact that she just wasn't that likable as a character. And if you're making somebody spend time with this person, there has to be some level of like interest, some level of like introspection, and like, hey, this character is fun to be with and fun to interact with, and and all this kind of stuff. And when you don't have that, it, the, the story falls flat, mm-hmm. and it's not because you know, people are evil. It's because people aren't interested in playing characters that aren't fun to, to play or, or to be with. And, um, this does kind of lead into another story that we're going to be talking about. But when you make companion characters and interactions, it's like, you got to make them fun. You got to make them interesting. Um, and then give more options, right? That's, that's the other thing. There are some people who do want to be around a wet blanket all the time. I don't know anybody who does that, but I'm told they exist. So, yeah, they exist. People want to play it. So maybe that's a thing. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But have choice. Give options. Give a wide field of characters. Um, There's so much we can do with AI now to, like, make that easier that you're kind of foolish if you don't do that. Hmm. So... Thankfully, you get plenty of choice and plenty of great characters from Baldur's Gate 3 if, uh, you know, what you've told me is anything to go by, and I trust your word. Looking forward to it coming out at the end of July. July? At the end of July, right? It was Richard yeah. coming out at the end yeah. of August? Okay, cool. Yeah, definitely playing that with you. Looking forward to it very, very much. All right. Moving on to uh, another piece of, um, I-, I don't know if it feels good. Yeah, yeah, it's, it feels good to celebrate it. <laughs> so, uh, Gollum is a game. If you can call it that. It was a game. It, well, it was a game. It was a thing that happened. And uh, yeah, one of the biggest travesties that we've seen in the form of a game in the a very long time. Worst rated game to have come out in 2023 from, you know, all the different outlets. Sab, I don't know. Are you clicking something? Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, all the different outlets just ranking it like ones and twos, Metacritic combined. It was just awful. And you know the memes are wonderful but uh the game itself apparently wasn't i I didn't pick it up i just had to watch the videos uh people were particularly uh upset uh not just by the game though but by the fact that apparently data like the people behind lord of the rings Gollum, were contracted to work on another lord of the rings game after this um and people were baffled that that seemed to continue to be the case uh despite the poor reception that Gollum got well Thankfully, uh, that didn't last very long because according to Polygon, uh, Daedalic has said that they are closing the studio that made The Lord of the Rings Gollum, based out of Hamburg, Germany, due to the game not living up to their expectations, quote unquote. Yeah. (laughs) 
So it's good just, news. I, I pulled up the uh, the Steam charts for this, and I just want people to know this is a triple A game that had millions upon millions of dollars poured into it into this studio, and the Steam charts for all time peak is five hundred and two players. <laughs> the peak this week was twenty one players, and the number of people playing right now is six players. Who are those six people? Similar numbers across some of the other charts that kind of track this stuff on, on other places, but SteamDB gives us the best data because it's, yeah. it is the most accurate. It's not always accurate. There's, about, uh, there's always a 20% account that is basically missing. But um, yeah, so that, that, is, that is bad. Like that's just, that's not even like small time bad. That's like, that is probably the worst. I think this this is probably going to like go down in history. Legends, go down in the history as the legend of you know ET or European Truckers or any of those other games where it it, it not only bombed but it bombed so bad that well the, the company is completely shuttered and unfortunately some of these the some of the brains behind this are probably going to be keeping their jobs more than the low-level entry-level entry uh, uh, people who are basically, like, they can't put this game on their resume. Yeah. Like, they, they most likely, well, I mean, they could, but it's not going to be helpful to them. It's yeah. not going to be good for them. There's, a, there's an is-ought distinction here. Yeah, according to the uh, Polygon article, there are... The people that were on the team are just going to be moved to other parts of the company, um, although they're moving more strictly towards publishing rather than developing. And I can understand why, because you announced the game back in 2019, took you four years, and this is what you came up with as a AAA studio? Mm -hmm. Did you just spend the last four years sitting on your asses like, I don't know, most college kids nowadays with the degrees that they decide to pursue? Yeah, it's uh, you're right, Sive. This is... I think it's accurate to say that this will go down in history as one of the biggest failures in the history of gaming right up there with ET and Euro Truck Simulators. It's it's baffling, I suppose. Uh, yeah, it, let's just hope that this doesn't happen again, especially with the Lord of the Rings IP. Hopefully Amazon will be able to turn it into something interesting. <laughs> oh, I couldn't even say that uh, without laughing. Um, yeah, well... Let's just move on to something that's actually a, a little bit a piece of happier news. Uh, so, speaking of gaming publishing, one company that has actually been doing a pretty good job of it lately is Annapurna Interactive. Recently, they released Stray, which was lovely, even though I never got the chance to play it, but everybody that I've ever heard play it say that it's fantastic. And they also released uh, The Outer Wilds, which is a game that came out in 2019 and I finished uh, last week. And probably one of the most remarkable games that I've played in a very, very long time. I, I would highly recommend people check it out if they love inventive methods of storytelling in video games. Um, but, you know, up until, well, this past week, they've been strictly a game publisher. They, they haven't developed anything under their own roof. But last, uh, when was June 29th? That was last Thursday, I believe. Last Thursday, they had uh, the Annapurna Interactive Showcase, mm -hmm. and they announced that they are now turning into a developer. And what is going to be their first game, Saib? It's, uh, it's kind of surprising. It's going to be a game based in the Blade Runner universe. It, it's, and it's apparently going to be titled Blade Runner 2033 Labyrinth. Uh, I don't, we don't really know anything about the game aside from the title. We don't know... Like, whether it's going to be strictly narrative-focused, whether there's going to be combat. Uh, I have some ideas as to what I'd like to see him do. But um, the one thing that we do know is that it will have a strong narrative focus. And that's according to uh, the lead uh, behind the project, a woman named Chelsea Hash, who worked on What Remains of Edith Finch as a tech artist. And that's a wonderful game. And she was also the director on a video game called Solar Ash, which was also pretty well received. So that's all we know. We don't know when it's going to come out. Um, 
we do know that it is set in the Blade Runner universe and it is going to be between the two films while also respecting the source novel that it was based on. Uh, I believe it was Philip K. Dick who wrote Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? So yeah, it's interesting. I my ideal Blade oh, Runner game. Uh, this is this is so this. Uh, sorry, I, this is so weird to me, and I and I want to ask your opinion of yeah. this before we get too much into it. Sure. Um, the original Blade Runner took place in 2019, mm-hmm. which is so weird. I mean, it's so weird to me to to have to think that like how did they think that they were going to get to that level of future dystopia? when the when the the movie was made in the in the 80s like it was like that's not that far into the future it's like less than 40 years well how often does sci-fi predict certain things timing accurately? right yeah, yeah timing right like sometimes they get like inventions right but they don't necessarily oh, yeah. get the exact timing right like back to the future got a lot of stuff right but uh, yeah, it's it's never it doesn't usually arrive at that particular point in time. Sometimes it does, so, but most of the so time do you it think, doesn't. So what do you, what are your thoughts, just quickly, on the the time setting being the set in the twenty thirty three? I'm fine with it. Just as uh, all I what I just want to have happen is if it's going to be Blade Runner, it's got to be about the Blade Runners, and it's got to be about the hunting down of the replicants. Right? That's what they were called, replicants. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. In, uh, gosh, it's been a minute since I watched Blade Runner. Sorry. Um, and what I would like to do, uh, so did you ever play The Outer Wilds? The Outer Wilds? No, not that much. Yeah, yeah, okay. But do you know, yeah. like, what the general premise of it is, where it's like you can go from planet to planet trying to solve a mystery? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would love something like that for, like, the Blade Runner universe, but instead, yeah. like, you have, like, maybe a procedurally generated city where you can hop into your flying car and then fly off to different parts of the city to solve a mystery and go to these different crime scenes to try and find the replicants. Mm-hmm. That would be dope. That would be great. I would love something like that in the Blade Runner universe. Now, I don't know. It, it's it's going to be hard to produce something that... Yeah can sort of stand up to the two films that we got blade runner the first one is arguably the greatest sci-fi movie of all time and blade runner 2049 was fantastic and for some people it surpassed the original so i I, i'm curious to see if uh annapurna is going to be able to pull off something extraordinary for their first Mm -hmm. game I'm, i'm rooting for them but yeah i i don't know but i like the idea what do you think Seb? i i think that detective games can be done so really like really really well uh we had the um the one with the ais and the androids and the robots i can't I, the one that was only on, no the uh the one that was only on um uh playstation it had uh it had the the one song from uh baby metal oh um, um... but yeah the one that that came out there, the it was like based in Chicago or something like that, um, and you played through multiple perspectives of the androids. Oh, oh, oh! Um, uh, Detroit, Detroit become human. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was sorry, a bad not game. Chicago, Detroit, Detroit become human. <laughs> yeah. So Detroit become human, and that then other the, poorly run city. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, terribly run city. Then you had. Um, you know, you've got obviously like the, the the feel of Alan Wake. You you have the um, the the mm. universes that are connected to that. Detective games when they're done right and going way back, I do remember one of the a, a really good gripping detective. Um, it was a point and click. Uh, there was some moving where you moved Sherlock Holmes, but you played with Sherlock Holmes and Watson trying to solve murders in uh, London. Yeah. And it was pretty gritty. I, I remember that. Like my parents were like, really like super like no violence, but they got a Sherlock Holmes, not realizing that there was going to be dead bodies everywhere <laughs> because it's just like, it's like everybody gets murdered nonstop in that one. Um, and it, and it detective games can really set a benchmark for, for um, depth of story writing and interaction. Obviously, I mean, I would like I would classify. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but it, like when I think detective games, I do think of like uh, Silent Hill, 
sort of yeah from kind of perspective yeah. like he's in he's investigating something um and there's a whole bunch of other ones like that that are really like they're part detective part like psychological thriller or or like body horror there's been a couple of those that have come out uh recently um usually smaller titles and i always have to say that the story writing is usually quite quite gripping uh the sunken city is another one that just came out recently ash played around with a little bit he said it was really good it was really well done um so yeah i think that what i think detective games are always just out of reach of being like super mainstream like they're close and a bunch of them have like done really really well in the last few decades not not that they're they're nothing to sneeze at or that they're an indie game or yeah. some kind of like niche genre they're really getting close to that that mega breakout ultra hit that is the game that everybody plays right that's that's kind of what i'm thinking of and we have that in a handful of games but we haven't had um we haven't had that like really hit and really that like make that mainstream i think this has that potential if they can nail down the um the repetitive play or yeah. the unique play and and that's something that we're going to be seeing in Starfield here is not everybody's going to have the same experience and your guides are going to be general your guides online are going to become more generalistic instead of like specific you know specific is like hey go to this planet and then on this spot on the planet there's a dude and you do this quest for him and you get this cool weapon well that's not going to be like we're moving in a direction in more games where that's going to become less and less of a thing where that's not going to be the thing because when you go to that planet you're going to find something completely different and i hope that they do that with this game with the mysteries and the murders and whatnot yeah. so that you're actually playing an actual detective uh simulator in an open world where the the things are changing and what and so you don't have to brush up on your skills of like learning you know uh you know looking at the 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 cheat you know uh the cheat guides where it's like, go here, do this, you know, press this button, press that button where it's like, actually, this is what you have to look out for. You have to look out for this piece of information that might be in here. You have to remember to scan all the blood samples and, and you have to uh, question the people and you have to make sure that you ask the right kinds of questions for the, for those kinds of individuals, people who are shady, you got to like, you know, get a little bit like rough with them perhaps, or you got to like, you know, uh, um, you got to bribe them a little bit. It's like that kind of play of like being in a detective simulator is really, really cool. And the concept is like, it's like we're getting so close to being able to do that with tech that it really makes me excited for what future games in the detective series can yeah. do. Yeah. So that's, that's, I, th and then I think that's was your point there is like, it's like if they can really nail down the procedural generation or have some element in there so that you're not just able to just turn on a guide instantly, you could maybe have some difficulty sliders. I think that's, you know, I think that's pretty good. I think, I think there should be, you know, they, they could have the, the games journalist mode where the bad guy has this like giant beam of light over his head with a big sign pointing down to him and big flashing neon colors. It's like the murderer is here. <laughs> Find the murderer right. here. You know, and then you have the more difficult modes. That would be kind of cool too, mm -hmm. because because detecting is something that you know. Mooney and I love watching Elementary. It's it's probably one of the our favorite. It's our favorite show to watch. It's what we kind of, yeah. So we watch that a, a crap ton. So yeah, we love the mystery stuff, and we love like figuring the stuff out on the fly. And I wish that, and I and I do think because detective movies are so are, and shows are so prevalent. I think that it's only a matter of time before somebody nails that ability to do a detective game and it's be a mainstream thing where there's new there's a new episode out every two, three weeks, or maybe every month there's a new package and people are playing through it trying to discover what's going on and who the murderer is and as there's not just one murder but like several. Sure. And you can pick and choose which one to chase after or you can try and do all of them or you know, it would be really interesting. Sure, so, um that, yeah. Yeah, just hoping that like Alan Wake Two can set the trend in regards to that. I, I don't think it will. I, like, it has I think a lot I think Alan Wake is is it's way more um, niche. It's way more linear, yeah. and it's also 
it's also on rails, right? So it's on rails, it's linear. They've added a lot more combat to it. I think those are all good things. And I think that it'll do really well as a successor to the, you know, as a, as a oh, yeah. at least. Yeah. Um, but I, but that, that whole detective thing, right? That, that living in a detective city or live, sorry, living in a detective city, living in a city as a detective, right? You know, especially in a, you know, in a dystopian kind of like messed up one, you know, where it's like cyberpunky and goth and, 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 uh, and dark and gritty. It's like, it's like, I, I think there's a lot of hope to that because there's a lot of stuff that you could, there's a lot of directions you could go with that. And again, the fact that I think, I think one of the greatest television success stories of all time is just the whole genre of, you know, crime drama. Yeah. It's like, it's big enough that I don't understand why we haven't had any, that huge, like, you know, constant one. Instead, we get these very linear, very tiny games that, you know, the, the difficulties always aimed for kind of a middle of the road, which is, which is never satisfying to a lot of people from a broad spectrum because everybody's like, you're either way above that or way below that, Mm -hmm. you know? So you know what side we probably just came up with like a multi-million idea, multi <laughs> just create a, a game where like people, you know, like uh, stuff like Dreams or yeah. Project Spark, where people create their own levels and their own games and stuff like that. We need to create one where it's like we can create your own detective game. And, and you gotta have you gotta have it so that you have your so you you have your main character your main character completely customizable. Then your partner because you're always in you're always work as a partner as a detective. Your partner that's where the drama is. That's where the that's where the interest is. You know, do you have a love interest that you're going against the the protocols of mm-hmm. getting involved with them? Do you have a you know did your did, do you have one who suddenly gets you know murdered at some point and then they and then you got to chase that and you're doing the whole you know pipeline of like you know I'm a, I'm a I'm a solo detective and then the chief is like you can't be a solo detective you know it's like so many niches so many roles so many cool aspects and again when we hear this when they're putting money in this it's like I think we're looking at something that may have that possibility to like if it doesn't get there maybe it maybe it gives us one step closer yeah, hopefully, and hopefully uh, Annapurna can pull something really cool out of, out of a hat here, but it's looking like it's not going to come out until like, what, 2026, 2027? Yeah. That's fine. Take your time. Make it good. Make it legendary like those other two movies were. All right, let's move on to another legendary game. So, side, we heard rumors a couple of years ago regarding the possibility of a remaster or a remake of the original Red Dead Redemption. Rumors suggested that it was real, but it was canceled for two primary reasons. One being the GTA Remastered Trilogy and how poorly that was received. Can you believe what that was two years ago? God, yep. that time flies by. Um, and then time also. Time flies by when you're uh, riding a bike through a giant, the giant downpour of. Uh, viscous liquid <laughs> viscous white liquid yeah it's a big it's a sort of shocking when you see that which you can do because like there's the cheats that wait could you fly with the bike in gta San I, I just remember i just remember watching one of the replays of the remake yeah and it was the the guy on the bike and he's riding through just a hail of like pure white and you couldn't rain. see it you couldn't you see could through see, you couldn't see anything. You're just like, what is going on? Yeah, what the hell were they thinking giving those games to that studio? Anyways, that's a huge, whole other discussion. But that was one of the reasons. And then another reason, and this is one is more understandable. GTA 6 is coming out. And Rockstar obviously wants it to be the next big thing, like GTA 5 was. And so they took all of their team away from other projects that they're working on internally to focus on GTA 6. One of those projects that was apparently forsaken was Red Dead Redemption 1 Remaster or Remake. Another one was uh, Grand Theft Auto 4 Remaster or Remake. Um, But yeah, that stuff happened and we hadn't heard anything about it since, so we just assumed it was dead. However, a couple of interesting things have happened uh, in the past week or two. The Gaming Rating and Administration Committee of Korea posted a new rating for Red Dead Redemption 1 
on their website last week. I think one of the defining features of their rating was that it gave it a rating regarding its gore system that had only been given to three other games. Um, two of them were the more recent Doom games, so Doom and Doom Eternal. And then the third one was Red Dead Redemption 2. So that suggests, you know, if these rumors are true, that it's not going to be a remaster, it's going to be a remake. And then second, a uh, longtime gaming journalist veteran, Colin Moriarty, uh, some of you might know from the Sacred Symbols podcast, claimed on an episode last week, (coughs) claimed on an episode last week, sorry, that he had seen confirmation from a trusted source of his that the Red Dead Redemption remake is real and pretty far along in development, and, to top things off, might receive an announcement as early as this August, which is uh, really, really surprising. Side, Red Dead Redemption 2 is not in my top 10 games, but definitely in my top 20. It's an absolute masterpiece of game design, top to bottom, from graphics to story to gameplay. I love it to pieces. And ever since... You know, you got to the end of that game and the, well, spoiler alert for a five-year-old game. Um, You got to the end of that game and you can go to the map from the original game. I dreamt of being able to play the original Red Dead Redemption with those graphics and with Red Dead Redemption 2's quality of life uh, additions like the combat system and stuff like that. I hope this is true. I would buy it. Saib, what do you think? I think so. Like it's, it's. It makes sense. I mean, it makes sense. It's. Uh, I don't know if they would. Like, I don't know. It's one of these things where it's like, I I feel that the the stopping power for these projects comes more often from the um, the analysts and the and the the C level employees are like. Well, can we make this work or not? You know, this is kind of like, you know, we're treading on dangerous ground here. And maybe we don't want to, maybe we don't want to play, you know, have this game be, because they make the mistake of assuming that, that all of the people that are screaming at them on Twitter are their entire representative of their entire fan base when it's clearly not. Hmm. Um, and so that's kind of one of the big concerns. Twitter's not real life. Yeah, Twitter's not real life, but the because the storyline in in that one, I mean, it, it's pretty dark in a couple places, and I don't know if yeah. I don't. I, it's genuinely, I don't know if that that would uh, make it or not. Um, what do you mean? Like they would want to re-release it because it is that dark? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I I don't know about that, man. Like Red, did you yeah. play Red Dead Redemption oh, too? I, I know, I know, I know, but it's like it's like. Still, even that you got to remember that that most of the writing for these games happens bef- like like early in the de- development process. Uh-huh. So you got to remember that it wasn't you know a few years ago that that theme and style and writing was done. It was like multiply that by however the development time was um, you know back. So it wasn't like that was writing that happened probably fifteen. Oh, 10 I, to 15 years ago. Okay, I get right? what they're saying. So it's like you're wondering yeah. if like re-releasing it now might get them more controversy than they want to deal with. Well, I don't know. Yeah, because even <laughs> even in the in the respective of of where the second game was and where that hit with the stories and and all that stuff, I don't know if they would do uh, those even in, if they were magically releasing the game tomorrow because they they just might go you know what this is too hot for us we're just gonna we're just gonna avoid this it's like oof. i don't buy that man like money talks in this industry and when it comes to rockstar they're grand theft auto and red dead redemption are huge money makers apparently not mm-hmm. enough for them to do substantial work on red dead redemption 2 anymore but you know if they did do a red dead redemption 1 remake that's at the very 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 least very low estimate that game sells 10 million copies yeah. And in today's climate, that's a win. So I don't. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just curious, just looking on the outside. I'm just thinking out loud. I, I'm not making a prediction. Okay. I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud on this. And I, and I, and I hope that they don't, because I don't think any art should be uh, censored, other than 
things that you know are, are typically illegal. Now, um, GTA Six, on the other hand, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if they sort of pulled back on doing some of the stuff that they used to, like with Manhunt and uh, Bully and stuff like that, uh, mm-hmm. sort of toning things down. But as far as changing the original story, I don't think so. Even today, like Red Dead Redemption, that original game is held up as one of for some people, like one of the top 10 games ever made. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason is the story. So I, yeah, I, I'd love to see John Marston in HD. I, I do hope that they add in stuff like the, uh, the, the food system and uh, the dismemberment system, which was awesome. <laughs> Red Dead Redemption 2. I can't believe I'm saying that out loud, but you know what I mean? It was great. So if they could add that into a new game, I, I would be all for it, but, yeah, I hope these rumors are true, but we, we still need to see a little bit more before we take them too seriously. But it's uh, it's encouraging. All right, moving on to uh, what I actually don't know what Cybe is going to say about this, but I'm assuming it's discouraging because we're talking about Bioware. So go ahead. So, yeah, uh, Bioware has announced that um, they are dropping production and upkeep and just their connection entirely from Star Wars, the old. They are walking away from that franchise okay. entirely well, at this point. That's okay. Like, well, it's been around for like ten years. Yeah, but I mean, the connection seems to be that they're they're walking away from like all, you know, Kotor type stuff. Uh, uh, they are only going to be their own. Bioware is now only going to be focusing on just uh, Mass Effect and Dragon Age. They will not be doing they will not be juggling a third ip they are only going to be doing that period there's no future for star wars content i see so it's just when you say it's being transferred over to somebody else it's sort of just like upkeep of the servers as they already are so no more new content yeah okay okay. well not not from not from them they they have it has moved over to a new company uh to bra bros brosword brosword They've moved over to Brosword. So it is no longer... That's it. So... Yeah, that that's a huge thing. It was rumored for quite a while, and everybody was kind of like not sure if the rumors were going to take. And apparently it is, in fact, um, a done deal. So yeah. we're not going to be seeing any Star Wars content coming out of Bioware from this moment going forward in the a lot of employees have been hit with layoffs as the they transition it over to uh this other company um and i again i would look at this and say that if dry the next dragon age does not if it flops at this point, I really worry about whether the studio is going to exist or not. Yeah, I, I really think that EA will just, at that point, what they might do is they might say, okay, just make Mass Effect work. And then if the next Mass Effect game comes out and that also does not, if it also flops, they're dead for sure. 100%. Yeah, they're done. Yeah, they're, they're, they're done. If they, can't, if they can't, if the next two games totally miss, then they're done. Now, I don't think that they are like you'll find me on you know twitter and when i'm in a bad mood i'll be like oh yeah you know let's hope for this you know joke of a product you know the next dragon age is going to be trash that kind of stuff um i don't actually wish that and i I most certainly don't wish that of course i don't actually believe that i actually believe that um that they have gotten to the point where they have to have a win that everybody knows that they have to have a win and that they have gone to great extents to make the best game that they can make and that they are trying their absolute hardest. And I know people at the studio still know a lot of people there uh, at the, at, um, at, at more than one of their studios and they're sweating bullets, but they're also working harder than they've worked before. Um, and these are people that I had words with after Anthem came out when I was promised that Anthem was going to be the best game I ever played by the same people. And so I've never taken anything they say at face value at this point. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I'm not, I'm not assuming that it's just going to be garbage. I am, I am, I'm saying that I don't think they would do that twice in a row. I don't think they'd be that delusional twice in a row. I think they're going to hit a wall 
and I think enough people have gotten, you know, shuffled in that company that that it's 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 do or die, and they know that. So I think they're they're really 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 focusing hard on it. Uh, I'm not going to say that I have hope for it. I'm not going to say you know pre-order. Obviously not. Um, I'm not even going to say whether it's going to be good or not. But what we do know is we're not getting the next Dragon Age until sometime after, probably like at the earliest, like April mm-hmm. next year. At that, at the absolute earliest, absolute most earliest. likely, most likely, probably after that. And the next Mass Effect game is probably not coming around until 2027. Honestly, at this point, and you know, that's that's at the earliest. Yeah, you know what? Like, I, I feel bad. So I'm looking at this right now. Uh, apparently there's just over 200,000 concurrent players uh, that are consistently playing Star Wars Old Republic right now uh, with a total player base of 12 million. Um, I feel bad for the people that put in that amount of time. I mean, I mean, hopefully there's going to be some content coming out, but obviously it's not going to be to the same degree that it was. Um, but, you know, given the way things have been at Bioware these past few years, I wonder if this is just a necessary sacrifice to ensure that Dragon, the next Dragon Age and the next Mass Effect turn out well, because they need to. Well, I mean, I would say I would say not because they were different studios. Like the the studio handling Star Wars was in based out of the states, is uh, primarily Texas, and like they just never put money into that and they were making good products people tell me that the story that the content's really good and you know that they've had just generally a a a good positive vibe from this stuff and i would i would say that yeah i i get that and i also feel sad because like they when they entered when they made that game and that game came out they just they missed the mark on so many things and they didn't understand the market that they were getting stepping into and that's why i don't think that we can ever expect a good mmo from a company that's never put out an mmo before because they just don't under they're moving into a field that that evolves so quickly and that people it's it's weird it evolves quickly but the the things that people want are still the same and they don't really change from from year to year so it's kind of it's one of those really weird things yeah oh well uh so yeah that's i i, I don't really have much else to say to that unfortunately bioware has always been a, a huge blind spot to me mm-hmm. like i've never played more than an hour of any of the mass effect games i've never played dragon age um, but I've always heard that they're wonderful, and uh, I hope that Bioware can find sort of a return to prominence, or at least, at least have a win amidst a sea of crap, kind of like what uh, mm-hmm. Blizzard got recently with Diablo Four. Uh, I'll take that at this point. So yeah, that's about it. And then finally, let's uh, wrap things up because I do got to go in a moment uh, with Jagged Alliance. What's going on with that, man? So Jagged Alliance talking about a game that really has nailed the. You know, in, in a lot of these studios, there's bad game. That you know, they, they're they're trying to make new games based off of popular IPs, and they're just doing it poorly. And and Dragon Alliance has suffered from this itself, but they are so keenly aware of this. It is it is almost very very funny, in that um, they're one of their latest trailers that they put out this week. Uh, sorry, this past week because we're recording on Monday. Um, the past week, they put out a new trailer, which they introduced the game. They talked about the first one, and they talked about the second one. And then they go, and those were both critically acclaimed, loved games that the community just adored. There were other Jagged Alliance games, but we don't talk about those. And then they had a guy come in and use a baseball bat to beat a computer, kind of like a 90s-ish computer, um, not 90s, uh, early 2000s computer. Mm-hmm. Beat an early 2000s computer to death with a baseball bat. Hold oh, on for like, for like 20 seconds. Just like, bam, bam, bam. And it's like, yes, that is 100%. 100%. That is the greatest thing I have ever seen in marketing because it is so, so true. Mm-hmm. That is what Jagged Alliance suffered through. Jagged Alliance... Uh, there was a, a second. There was a game made after the second one, uh, right around when XCOM came out. 
Mm. The the revamped the one. one the, oh, okay. no, the the revamped one. And right before that, about like I think it was like six months before that, they said, "Look, guys, nobody wants turn-based games anymore. Turn-based uh, tactical games just aren't a thing. They don't make sales." Blah 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 blah. I know so much because I'm an owner of company and I'm a super smart person surrounded with lots of game analysts. And then XCOM came out. And it was, as you you may probably remember, it was a resounding success. Yeah, it was. It made that company so much money, and so many people were like, oh, "I love this." It was a social and comment uh, social giant for for I think three years, and they also followed it up with an actual like FPS XCOM, which bombed miserably yeah so they went back to making um uh, expansions and all of the expansions met with amazing success and then we've had all of the games that have come out since then proving this idiot who made this other jagged alliance game the one that nobody t- likes to talk about um just completely wrong because yes actually people really do like turn-based games and they've always liked turn-based games and again uh the the amazing uh honkai star rail has also proved People are, are, you know, they're actually old school, traditional uh, JRPG, Final Fantasy type turn-based game. There's a lot of people who really like that and who want to see more of it because it's it's engaging, it's fun. So Jagged Alliance came out, they said, hey, we get it. Um, they dropped a whole bunch of interviews and I can't even cover nearly like everything that they talked about. But the, the biggest takeaway is one of the original game developers who was pinnacle in making Jagged Alliance 1 and 2, has come back to make this game. And they have brought him in to constantly talk about, to constantly keep them on track of making this game. And everything that I've seen so far, I've watched a whole bunch of people do uh, special deep dives, special invites, that, that kind of stuff. This game looks like it's going to be, they're going to nail this on the head. Um, they have everything the way, if you remember Jagged Alliance 2, if you played it, it's going to play exactly, almost exactly the same way. It's just going to have better, more, you know, more options, better stuff, and you're going to have even more interaction with your mercs than you did in the original game. And that's what I was saying about the companion characters and why they're so important. The mercs in this game, there are dozens of them, and they all have their own quirks and unique traits. And this is something that the Jagged Alliance One and Two did so, so, so well. That was so broadly hailed and why it was such a good game is because you can't bring you can't bring fox and um and and uh the steroid together because they have a history and fox will leave because she doesn't want to be around him and other people will get mad at other mercs and stuff like that and that's so cool and it's still all from the original game and they brought it over and they've made it even bigger and made it even more cool and they've they've they're really like making everything work really, really well. And I'm, I'm really excited to see this. We're going to be playing it. It drops in uh, just, just over a week. So we're going to be streaming it and we're going to be playing the ever living crap out of it. Nice. So yeah, yeah, I'm so, I am so excited for this game. I, I, I've been watching this and it wasn't until this past week where I got really excited because I saw all of the stuff, all of the videos, all, everything coming out. They're like, we we got you. All of the old mercs are coming back. All of their old personalities are coming back. We're adding new ones. We've got you covered if you want to make your own custom merc. We got that too. You got if whatever you want, we from the originals, we got it. It's staying true to the lore. It's tra- staying true to the original gameplay. Um you're it's gonna play almost exactly like you played it before, but way better and way more options. So I'm super, super excited. How often do you get that type of uh, fan service from uh, most modern developers, right? Dude, almost never, right? Yeah. It's so sad. And when was the last time we saw like a turn-based game like a, from a, pop, a major franchise? Well, I mean, they are quite common these days. We they do are? have, um, oh yeah, we got the Valkyrie Chronicles, which are really, really popular really really popular okay uh there's there's a bunch of other ones it is sort of in that niche corner uh they did sell the engine that was used to make xcom uh they've sold that and that has gone around to 
trying to think like even things from like Dungeons of Nalhubrek was more or less based on that same 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 engine um, from the original XCOM, uh, not the original XCOM, the the uh, the remake one. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they're they are quite popular and they are quite flexible, um, and they are really really good and really really interesting and and. I think we're going to see with this one, I'm hoping that it has a huge success. It's going to have some online multiplayer to it. So that's going to be great. Um, I'm, I can't wait. We're a bunch of us already have it. Like it, it it's entered that two week period. So we, now we pre-order it because we're, we're getting ready to, to play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be playing it co-op. We'll be uh, going through, we'll be trying a whole bunch of cool different things and yeah, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. I'm hoping fingers crossed that it's going to be good. I really, really hope it's good because I am, oh, I, I am done with the uh, with the bad games. But <laughs> just from the looks on it, it's looking good. It's potentially like it's got me hyped as a as a core fan. I have played every single Jagged Alliance game that has ever been made. Period. I, even the ones we don't talk about, and they were bad. They were really, really bad, but this looks really, really close to what the original was and is, and I and I really hope that we're going to get there. The skill system, everything plays out like it, it used to, so I, I can't wait. Wonderful, dude. I'm happy for you. All right, let's uh, let's wrap things up, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Maximum News Show. Make sure you hit that like button if you like this particular video. Not only does it help out this video, but all the other videos on the Triple S Podcast channel. Leave a comment on any of the stuff that we happen to talk about today. Do you agree or disagree with any of our opinions? We'd love to hear from you, provided you express uh, your opinions in a calm and constructive manner. Um, I want to thank Cyb, as always, for doing the show with me. Cyb, do you want to tell people about the main Triple S League channel before we sign out? Yeah, check us out on the main Triple S League. Uh, it's Triple S League on YouTube and uh, and also Cinometry uh, that yes. Ash has been working on. It's been doing really, really well. Just again, want to thank everybody who has gone over to that channel. There's a lot of lot of people uh, popping over the, there themselves uh, with with that interest in that thing, and it's been a great success, and that's really made Ash quite happy. So yeah. Yeah, he, he's been killing it over there. And you guys could just find me on all the regular forms of social media, just at Max Jarrett. I'm going to put links to that and the main Triple S League channel and Ash's channel in the description box below. Thanks, guys. And until we do this again next week, I want to remind you, as always, and as per usual, stay yellow. <laughs>